0: I'm going all in. Every position I got a diamond at but if I'm not getting a mushu she no ain't you ain't getting a, a jerry <laughs> What?
1: I feel like a young no more
0: Right to us we're very friendly we'll respond Much love. love i like root beer now You did me dirty Right I All right, everybody, welcome to an episode of Going Deep with Matthew and Jeremy, Uh, episode number 21. As you all know, Sunday fun day is usually our schedule for today, and this is a special one. Uh, We were lucky to have Petey Montero on with us for a special interview about the upcoming MLB playoffs, scenarios, uh, what kind of things we would like to see, and of course, uh, Petey being a huge uh, Lakers fan, talk about the Lakers clinching that NBA Finals appearance for the first time since 2010 so I hope you guys enjoy the interview and uh, here we go. Hey guys so we're very excited today to have a
1: special friend of the show Petey Montero. Thank you for coming on with us Petey.
2: Yeah no problem guys thanks for having me.
1: So uh, today we just want to kind of talk about baseball. We had you on previously we talked about your kind of baseball career how you got into it. As our baseball guru of the show, we just wanted to get your opinions on the MLB
0: playoffs that are going to be coming up. Matty, you want to start this one off? Yes, I do. I do. I do very much. Uh, once again, thank you so much for joining us, P.D. I really appreciate it. Um, let's, go, excuse me, let's go ahead and start in the American League East with probably the most popular team out there, which is the Yankees. Uh, so basically, these are the kind of the scenarios that break down. If the Yankees win on Sunday, they lock in that fifth seed. If they lose on Sunday and Toronto uh, loses as well, they keep it. But if the Yankees lose and Toronto wins, New York drops to the A-seed, Blue Jays jumping up to that fifth seed. So what I'm going to ask you here is, New York Yankees, being a fan, A-seed, you get Tampa. Tampa's had your number all year. Uh, Or you get the fifth seed, where you can face the White Sox, who are up and coming. Maybe shouldn't be here yet, but definitely have that firepower. Or Minnesota, which everyone knows Minnesota, unfortunately, never wins against the Yankees. If you're a Yankee fan, what do you think is the best scenario for you?
2: Man, honestly, just by looking at everything with the way the Blue Jays have been playing, the mm-hmm. way um, – I mean, even just looking at the White Sox, too, I mean, it's unbelievable those two teams, like, what they're able to do. And, again, having that short season, I think, has helped. And there's been a lot of injuries throughout the league, and I think that's going to play a factor because the first two rounds, if I'm not mistaken, are uh, every day. There's no days off in between. Yeah, that's right. So with that, it's like, you know, your pitching has to be in order, you know, are your starters going to take you to the end? Are they not going to take you to the end? Um, As far as you can get to where you maybe get to the sixth or seventh, and then you got to bring the relievers. But just by looking at this, I would say if, if I was from the Yankee standpoint, I would probably say the Twins, just because Tampa Bay is really sneaky. And the Blue Jays, like, I mean, there's a bunch of teams on here that are going to surprise some people. So... Looking at it, I would say, you know, y- Yankees and Twins would be a good matchup, I think.
0: Ooh, nice. Nice. I would tend to agree if I was a Yankees fan, but uh, I would like to see Yankees-White Sox. I think would be pretty cool. Be that would cool, be a cool matchup, cool thing,
2: Especially because, I mean, they're, the White Sox have been playing really well. I mean, yeah. Really well. So,
0: so I agree. Um,
1: I know from a Yankee, if you were a Yankee hater, like 50% of the world is. Do you want to see him just go up against Tampa, get swept in two games, and just get out? Or are you looking for a more exciting matchup with Chicago, which I think they both both lineups are devastating, I think. Both have Honestly, a lot of pop.
2: The, the, way, the way the playoffs work and the way, I mean, any sport and, you know, the common goal of trying to make a championship, I think you want the best teams in there to, to – the, at least the – championship series of each division or each league and then it can be, be settled in the World Series you know so mm-hmm. if, the, if the Yankees if the Yankees end up being the better team hey we'll, we'll take that you know if but again all these teams on here Tampa Bay I mean the whites any of those teams could be at the top right now yeah. so I think it's just for me it's more of putting the best teams out there and whoever survives at the end I mean that. Those are the two best teams that are left in, in the in the league. So,
1: Couldn't agree more. Um, our next team that we wanted to talk about who I think can make a serious run still is the Cleveland Indians, led by Frankie Lindor, Jose Ramirez. Not only that, Cy Young candidate, Shane Bieber. Um, right now they're looking at the seventh seed. Um, seventh seed is going to take on Minnesota, or they can bounce up to the fourth seed where they're looking at either the New York Yankees or Toronto Blue Jays. AKA Buffalo Blue Jays. Um, where do you see Cleveland going in these playoffs? Um, they do have the starting pitching, as you were talking about. And who do you like to see them go up against?
2: I mean, just watching Cleveland, um, they've always had a good team. It's just, you know, for some reason, one thing's working for them, other things aren't working for them. And that's baseball. That's, I mean, any sport, man. You could play really good defense and you may not hit the ball and you know, you end up losing one nothing, and it's it's tough. But the way Cleveland is set up as far as offensively, like Jose Ramirez is having a pretty good year. He's done a really good job, and, you know, obviously Lindor and, you know, some of the other names there that have played really well, I think um, they're going to have a really good shot at it. Uh, I mean, looking at it, it looks like they would probably end up playing the Twins right now, if I'm not mistaken. I think they would right. be playing the Twins. So That would be a good series just because – I mean, both those teams can hit a little bit. And um, honestly, again, I think it's just going to come down to pitching and defense, Um, you know, cause you can put up all these numbers, but if your pitching and defense doesn't hold it, it, it doesn't matter, you know? And you just remember too, when it comes to the playoffs, like everything is, everything matters now. So like every little pitch, every out, every mistake, everything, it gets just multiplied and magnified. So you're trying to limit the damage as much as possible. And, you know, having that three-game series for the first one, man, that's going to be, I mean, you are you could potentially go up against their best two, the first two games, and hang with them. If you don't have two guys that can hang with those guys, it's going to be a tough one, so.
1: I agree. I know right now uh, Cleveland is set up, I believe, to throw Bieber game one. After that, I'm not too sure who's set up. Uh, Maddie, do you know who's number two over there?
0: No, I don't. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know who no, John, John, number two. But it, what the John, question I did have was um, that um, for Shane Bieber, I just wanted to ask a quick question for you, PD. Uh, Shortened season. You know, MVPs are they're gonna you know they're gonna be different. I understand that they're still an MVP. Do you think Shane Bieber has a case for MVP for the the for the American League because of his numbers, just how dominant he's been throughout the whole year? I mean, he's eight I mean, and one.
2: I've seen that. I, I would say that yeah. And again, you can. I don't know. It's kind of tough for. I mean, I've had conversations about this with people with mm-hmm. the MVP and should it be only a position player? Should it be a pitcher? Like, if you were to look at his numbers, like, you know, he probably is an MVP candidate. Yeah. And then you got to turn though, with um, uh, from the Yankees, uh, Voight. Oh, yeah. he smashed kind of, it this incredible. year. In a 60 game season, he's got 21 or 22 homers or whatever. I mean, that's, that's also like, holy smokes, what the heck, you know,
0: <laughs> yeah. it could be, honestly,
2: at this point, it could be anybody. I mean, you go around in the National League, like Mookie Betts is having a really good year, and then you go, oh, Fernando Tatis, and then there's a couple other guys out there, so it's, you know, it's not, because of the shortened season, I think it's going to be a tougher selection that's as to true. who, again, I mean, that's my opinion, I, it may or may not be a big deal, but. I mean the way Mookie's been playing, and then you got Fernando Tatis. Like that's a tough decision because <laughs> both teams are playoffs. You know what I mean? So,
1: Matty, that was a pretty good question. You got me off guard there. I like it. Right, I, just, I just thought about it because I looked at his number. We're talking about him, and I was like, dude, we're, this guy. We talked about him a lot this season. Very impressed. Um, we knew he had the stuff. We just didn't know he was going to come out and be this freaking dominant right away. Yeah. Right. Um, last team we had, which was my sleeper on the season before the season started. Me and Maddie said, hey, let's pick a sleeper, go with them for the rest of the season. For me, I took one of the, uh, ended up being one of the best teams in the AL, in the Chicago White Sox. Um, Can you just elaborate maybe if you've been able to watch them at all this season, what's gone right, what's gone wrong? And do you think that these guys can make a true playoff run at such a young and inexperienced team?
2: I think because they are young and un- and not as experienced as some of the other teams, but then they do have some leadership guys in a Abreu, Grandall, mm-hmm. who's running the pitching staff, like, you know, what he was able to do with the Dodgers and even the Brewers, like having a good catcher too is so important because of that relationship building with the pitchers. And just to think of it, like, because again, I'll go back to the shortened season thing and all that. Um, everybody's rested. There's no, like the young guys that are playing like Robert and and some of those other guys, you know, like there's, it it almost feels like there's no pressure for that team and and those guys on that team for whatever reason, um, because they are the sleeper team, I guess you could say. Uh, And they're just going out there and playing baseball and having fun. And, you know, I think that's a big part of what they're doing. And I think that's, what's going to carry them hopefully throughout the playoffs and they might surprise some teams. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes.
1: Couldn't agree more. I'm really hoping they get out of that four seed because I don't want to see them go up against the Yankees. My love for the (laughs) White Sox this season has grown, grown, and grown even more. I just want to see them do well. I want to see them get maybe to that two seed where I think they have a very good chance against the Cleveland Indians and can maybe keep moving on. I've been telling Maddie I would not mind a Chicago White Sox, Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, World, cool series World Series at all, yeah. over in it, Texas. Be, yeah. Well, really quick, what's your thought process on this bubble uh, for the playoffs? You um. Like honestly, I,
2: I no, I think it's a great idea. I mean, yes, teams have done a great job of you know protecting themselves. Obviously, there's been a couple you know some positive tests and all that, but then there's been a, a false positives as well that have delayed some things, but. Um, I mean, being in the bubble, I mean, it. talking with some of the guys that I know that are in the bubble, like it it sucks a little bit because they can either – they have to stay in the hotel and they, they have to leave. The buses are only at certain times, mm-hmm. and they can only get to the field at certain times. and only certain, So, you know, in that sense, like it sucks, but this whole year has been that kind of adjustment and guys are just like, hey, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, it also keeps everybody safe because now – some some teams are letting families uh join the bubble um they have to stay away for seven days and get retested etc <laughs> and once they clear they can go with their you know the player or coach or whoever they're with um and i think because it's a playoffs and there's no days off and it's really short like and they're not having to travel. They're only going to have to travel once, which is too huge – or to Texas or, you know, if they're coming to L.A. or whatever they're doing, San Diego. Um, I think it just helps with limiting guys getting getting uh, sick or testing positive for whatever reason. And now, like, you don't want to see that. You wanted to make sure that, like, the best are out there, you yeah. know, for all – you know, every series of every game. And there's no – you know, what – I mean – it would suck if they just start traveling. They go wherever they want, and if somebody gets sick in the middle of the playoffs. Then what do you do? Like, do you just shut down the playoffs? So I think it's a good way. I mean, you can see what it's doing for basketball, um, and I, I think I think it, there's a positive note for this year because this year is just a weird season. So
1: I think you hit it right on the right on the screw there. Um, I know the NBA is going on to 82 days in the bubble now. Uh, a yeah, little bit of complaints, but. I think the MLB playoffs gonna be a little bit shorter than that. I think we do a great job of getting it in and out and within probably the month. Um, mm-hmm. The teams that are gonna go longer, I think, are okay with that. If you had the chance for a title, if I'm not mistaken, the Dodgers have already gone into quarantine, and the families are already in another hotel. Correct, P.D. Yeah, they uh, went in on
2: Wednesday. Was the first day of the bubble for them. Um, that included all coaches, players, and clubhouse staff and I don't know about like reporters or anything like that. I don't know how they're doing that, but I know that anybody that's has traveled, I guess with the team at that point has all been in the bubble. And then families, I think went into the bubble yesterday um, at a different location for seven days, which would put them uh, the last day of a three game series before they have to travel. And then at that point they can join um, the rest of the the team with the hotel.
1: That's well, good to hear. I think these guys are going to need their families to lean on during the playoffs, so I think it's very important for them, because you can get very taxing just not being around people. I was gone for a whole week and I felt like I needed my family.
2: Yeah, it's all <laughs> because we to go to the games, too. Oh, so, okay, yeah, cool. The game, so like the only, I guess from what I heard, they're not, like, at the they're not allowed to, like, go give hugs and all that stuff. They can see from far away they're going to spread them out, but the families will be at the game, so it's at least they'll have another cheering section where they might be able to hear because there are no fans. So, like, you'll be able to, oh, yeah, like, my kids are screaming for me. Let's go. You know, that might in great. a different way from, you know, the different teams. So.
1: Oh, definitely. I, I like that one. I like that the family's going to be able to go to the games. Um, kicking it off into the National League, Maddie. you want to start this side off too?
0: Yes, yes, let's do it. So, for the National League, since there's six uh, teams that have officially clinched the playoff, we still have two spots left, but the amount of teams that are able to get those spots, there's a lot. So they don't want to go too, too specific on each team. Uh, those teams that are still fighting for the spots are going to be the Giants, uh, San Francisco Giants, Milwaukee Brewers, Philadelphia Phillies, and technically the St. Louis Cardinals, even though on the standings list, they're actually second in the, in the National League Central, but they haven't clinched a berth yet. Right. Um, out of those teams, uh, which one do you think has been the most surprising? I know Miami, What we just said, uh, I just read it a couple, couple hours ago, actually, that they – ended their playoff draw after losing 105 games last year, which is crazy. I understand, like you said, that we all have been talking about short season, different aspect. totally understand that. But they did get hit early with that uh, all the COVID results, and they missed, half of their players missed, like, the first 15, 20 games of the season. They come back and rally. Uh, do you think that's a better story than maybe some of these other, let's say, you know, Philly is supposed to be there, but they're, again, struggling. Uh, San Francisco Giants, who, again, weren't supposed to be anywhere. Now they're in the picture. Uh, any team – that really surprised you for the National League, uh, in total. Like, what's
2: the best uh, story? I would say the the Marlins is definitely a huge one. They had to use so many minor league players, and to be able to continue winning, you know, in that during that time, like that's a big deal. Like, I mean, it just yeah. goes so like there are good players in the minor leagues that can help. And I mean, you've seen it, even guys for us, guys with other teams. I mean, I was just uh, talking to our Double A manager a few weeks back, and We were looking at all the guys that were in the Texas League with us in Double A last year, and how many of those guys have all made their major league debuts. It's, I mean, they could fill a full team with the amount of guys that have, you know, you know, had the experience to play in the big leagues this year, which is great. Um, I will say, the Giants are pretty sneaky. Um, Just watching them, what they're capable of doing. They, they always play the Dodgers tough, obviously, because of the rivalry. But even just watching them hang on to games, you know, win games and you know, at the beginning, you were like, oh, I don't know if they're going to do this. And then all of a sudden, they went on a little bit of a roll. But, again, I think the fact that there's other teams that are out there still fighting, like, I think the two biggest surprises for me are at least Miami and, and San Francisco, you know, for me right now. Just to, you know, and whoever ends up having to play those guys, man, that's going to be a tough series regardless because, again, they're just going to – they got nothing to lose. They're just going to go out there and do no. thing you know. so.
1: Um, as a Dodger fan, we are locked up as one right now, and there's a good chance you see San Francisco Philadelphia, mm-hmm. or Philadelphia. Which one scares you more? And if you could just give us – oh, we could also see Milwaukee. Which one yeah. scares you more, and which one do you think poses a bigger threat?
2: I'm going to put it between Milwaukee and San Francisco. Yeah. Um, okay. Milwaukee, because we played them, obviously, in the NLCS yes, in 18 – um, you know just to be able to see that and you know obviously it's a, lo- a lot of different people that are on the team but they still you know have really good pitching and guys like that um, that can help them uh, through that series and mm-hmm. you have Josh Hader I mean he man that's tough right but then yeah, at man. the same for me like the giants if the giants end up playing the dodgers like that's going to be a tough series and it's all, it's because of the rivalry it does not because anyone's better or, or worse or, it's just it's like a whole different like mindset i guess you could say when they're playing like damn it the giants like they both <laughs> regardless of how long this rivalry has been going on like yeah. they still hate each other you know and then you think about it you look on the other side and you know three people were with the Dodgers at one point, you know, Kapler yeah. and then uh, Justin Billy, uh, he's a hitting coach, you know, so they have Dodger people over there. So, you know, it's like, I think it's going to put more over like, all right, Farhan versus Andrew, you know, or, it's not really against them, but it's just that whole, like, man, we were working side by side and now you're on the other side. So I think that'll be really interesting if the Dodgers play the Giants, I think it'll be a really good series. Um course i'm i'm a dodger guy obviously so i'm gonna go with dodgers you know
0: great great um i did have one more question uh before we get into uh a little bit more of a dodger stuff uh my sleeper team or my pick before the season was the cincinnati reds and not gonna lie to you at the beginning they scared me i was like oh, no way jeremy's gonna kick my butt and he's gonna be right on the Chicago white Sox. i'm gonna be cincinnati reds down in the dweller but they came out of I wouldn't say nowhere because I think people did expect them to be, a, you know, a little better than they were. But now they're on fire—thirty and twenty-nine. Potential seats could be five, six, or seven. Um, if there's one team that can make, obviously, other than the Dodgers, we know they're going to make it. But if they don't, you think the Reds could be a def, uh, like a number two team that can sneak up there into the World Series? Yeah, and
2: then there's a number three. So you got no. Trevor Bauer, Kevin yeah. Hill, and you got Gray. Like yep. three-game series, you better be ready to swing the bat and at least put a run or two across because i mean offensively they're okay um yeah they're nothing like they're gonna get their runs if you know what i mean like they're they are gonna get their yeah. like they're gonna be like the dodgers and hit a million home runs you know so but they will manufacture runs and they'll score runs but then if you just get one or two runs and then you gotta face Ugh. guys man that's that's gonna be tough
1: I was telling Maddie right before that that was one team I do not want to face. Yeah, they are a team better monster same. at the top of the rotation. The bullpen's a little weak, so Maddie was thinking, um, Dodgers are great at grinding them out. You get those pitch yeah. counts of those starter pitch, starting pitchers up, more time against the bullpen, mm-hmm. better chance to score runs. But I just didn't want to risk it at all. I think especially and, three games, yeah. Uh, I mean. Three games. I think we all know those three guys are capable of shutting out for eight straight innings
2: um the one thing the one thing that I will say too is like with the Dodgers like everyone talks about oh you don't want to face that team or you don't want to face that team well they still got to face us so surely no I agree
1: <laughs> I agree at the end of the day we're still the best team out there
2: yeah so you know in that sense like doesn't matter who's pitching those guys are going to come out ready to play and it's gonna be one mistake, and that's the one thing that the Dodgers are good about: are capitalizing on those mistakes. If the pitcher misses a spot, like, like you said, we're gonna grind at bats. We're gonna what what a doc called a couple of weeks ago he called the shower ball, uh, basically like telling that that last pitch was the one that sent that pitcher to the shower. You know, he's done. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I like
1: that. Done
0: four balls early.
1: I like that. Um. I know we're going to move into the Dodgers right afterwards. Um, Kind of talking about them and talking about the Reds. Trevor Bauer had said earlier this year he expects to sign with the Dodgers. Do you at all think that is possible? And what do you think the rotation would look like if that actually did happen?
2: Man, I mean, honestly, I – we'll have to wait and see what happens at the end of the year, right? Yeah. If we re-sign people or if we go out and get other players, I mean, we – nobody really knows what's going to happen. I think the playoffs are going to, you know, play out first before anything else happens. I mean, if he were to be a part of the Dodge organization, he's only going to help. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. Now you're talk- talking about you have Bueller, Kershaw, D-May, Gonsolin, and then you add Bauer to that. Like, watch out. And in no particular order. just, That's back- just
1: You can run them out no matter how they are. Yeah.
2: Face off. I mean look at D-May was started the first game of the season and he wasn't even on the roster he was in the uh, on the satellite group and obviously Kershaw's back so they brought him back and I mean he dealt and Tony Gonsolin didn't allow a run in like five games or whatever it was yeah. and you know so and those guys are two young pitchers still you know Bowers still fairly young like he's still throwing up there he's you know doing what he has to do and I think if if we were to get him, I think he would just add more to what we already have because we're pretty deep right now just by looking at our roster.
1: Are there any other starting pitchers in the organization, Josiah Gray is one name, that we should be looking forward to next season? I know it's a little early.
2: I would say JoJo Gray. Like, I got a chance to watch JoJo pitch with us in Tulsa at the end of the year, and, man, that kid gets after. He works really hard in the weight room, does all his stuff, and – just watching him on the mound I mean he was really impressive and knowing that he didn't come you know from our organization we obviously got him in a trade so um to be able to see that and you know taking some of the coaching that I you know heard that they've run some things by him and him willing to you know make adjustments to try to help himself out and he's seen you know good things happen you know, he had a chance to work with Connor McGinnis in Rancho before he came to us to Tulsa. And, you know, Connor McGinnis was pitching coach when I was in Rancho in 2018. And, you know, he's a really good pitching coach and has helped a lot of guys. And I think, uh, you know, on top of everybody else that's helped uh, JoJo, um, you know, I think he's going to be the next guy for us that uh, we can look at. And, and again, uh, Mitchell White as well.
0: We've seen Mitchell
2: White a little bit and, you know, hope, hopefully he, uh, you know, can continue what he's doing and at some point get back to it, so.
0: Matty, you had something? Uh, great. Uh, what I want to – yes, I did, I did. Uh, I'm So glad that you mentioned that, you know, D-May, Gonsolin, pretty much decimated destiny coming out of nowhere. Um, I, I'm not sure if I'm, I'm not mistaken, Doc did mention that he is probably going to run, uh, obviously, the first two, which is Bueller, uh, Bueller and Kershaw. Great. That third spot, I don't know if I heard it was Gonsolin or D-May. Is there anyone particular that you think is – I'm not saying they're better than the other because you know Gosling has that tremendous split, uh, split, uh, split, and then May has that cutter and that sinker, and the ball just moves like literally off the play like crazy. So I don't know if you're going wrong in any choice. Honestly, but- if I'm
2: looking at it the way, and this is my opinion, this isn't organization. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is just me. Um, I think we'll play it. This is where the analytics and the numbers might play out, and even how the last start went for, I mean, for both guys. And we'll kind of see how that plays out as well. Um, so if the matchup is right where we're going to need Gonsolin with his, you know, his split change and all that, then I could see him going. Or I could see both of them going where they start off with one of them and then they finish. And then now they have the eighth and exactly. just maybe even to do that. I mean, I could see that happening as well because it is only a three game series. Um, And then I think there's like one or two days off. But at that point, you would have Bueller and Kershaw ready to go for games one and two of the next series. So when you're looking at that, I think it'll come down to where we're at if we have to go to a game three. And I think at that point, it'll be everyone in the kitchen sink coming from the bullpen to try to win this game three if if we get to a game three.
0: Awesome. Awesome.
1: I, I I like that I, analytically. I thought you were actually going to say hey, it might be a bullpen game for game three because no. our bullpen, yeah. I think, has been very good this year. Uh, Gratterall has a couple starts this season for bullpen games. Um, I think he's been tremendous on the year. Uh, I love the fastball. I want to see a little bit more of the slider just to mix up the pitches. I feel everybody can hit 100 at this point. So i um, very excited to see that were there any surprises on the roster throughout the season that you were kind of like, I could see this happening, but wow, I didn't see all of this happening.
2: Um, honestly, <clears throat> I think it's been fine. It's more of, you know, JT going down, getting on the I.L., Walker going to the I.L., <clears throat> um, and then there was uh, – who was it? Um. um or somebody else. Um, give me a second. Oh, uh, Jock Peterson having to, you know, go family and stuff like that. You know, his wife had a baby. So, now you're bringing Zach McCannister. You got his first couple games in, first at bat. And, you know, watching him get his major league debut. And then, you know, I think in that sense, it's just played out the way it should have. Obviously, like Gavin Lux came in a little bit later because he was out at the beginning of 2.0. Um, so he was a little bit further behind from other guys. That's why he didn't start the season with the team. And then once he was ready, they brought him back up and, you know, and that, when we're talking about that, I think the Dodgers are more of like, what do we need right now? And, you know, I don't think there is a huge surprise because of the versatility of all the guys that are, especially on the position player side. I mean, even the pitchers, like guys like D-May and Gonson can go to the bullpen if we really needed them to mm-hmm. Julio can go to the bullpen. Yeah we can have them start like it, it doesn't matter, you know, or we, you know, we've been experimenting with the, the opener. So grad coming in and, you know, do you want them in the first or do you want them in the seventh or the eighth or the sixth? You know, it all depends on who's playing the matchups. This is where I think knowing those numbers help versus, and you got to trust your gut a little bit too and go, you know what, I like the way he's been throwing the ball. Let, let's, let's save him for later in the game, you know, when, when the game's on the line. So, I think that's what some of the stuff they're probably thinking about. Um, but, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think any of the roster rooms have been a surprise. I think it's just been what the Dodgers need at that time.
1: Perfect. Um, Matt, do you have anything right now? Because I kind of had a – As as
2: baseball, no. I had one more for
1: you, uh, PD. I was a big fan of the Mookie Betts trade. I was a big fan of Mookie Betts before. But, unfortunately, being on the West Coast, didn't get to see him as much as I wanted to. I got to say, as great as I knew he was, this guy is 10 times better than what I thought he was. Like, wow. Did, did you get the same feeling here? Because I knew he could hit. I knew he could run. I knew he could field. But I'm watching all the tools. And when I have a chance, that's the only guy I want to see hit. Him and Corey Seager, I'm like, they're hitting. Everything's put to the side. I got to see what's going to happen. Do <laughs> you kind um, same feeling?
2: Yeah, I would say – you know, we didn't get to. I didn't get to watch them that much because obviously I'm too busy. You know, with what I'm doing and then watching the big league club, seeing what they're doing, and um, you know, I got a chance to talk to Dino Ebo. You know, about Mookie a little bit and watching the games and going over like what what kind of things we saw or you know questions. And if you were to just watch Mookie as a baseball player, not even we all know he can hit. We know he can throw, but I'm talking about like running the bases, going 1st to third, taking the extra base. I mean, you guys saw the play in Sandy. It was the San Diego or Colorado when he, uh, Colorado, when they back picked him at second base and he started jogging and he sprinted home because mm-hmm. water lobbed the ball. In. Like yeah. things like that, for, at least for me personally, like, we know these guys are going to hit, we know they're going to catch the ball, but, those little things that can help you win a game, still still in a base when we need it. Um, again, taking the extra base, making the right throw to the right base. All those little things matter because when you get into a playoff series, all of that matters. Can you get an extra 90 feet, or can you get 180 feet? Now you have, you know, instead of being on second, you're on third. You know, all those little things, and, and then now a base hit or a sack fly and scores one nothing. So. Watching him as a baseball player more than anything is, you know, really cool to watch. because um, you know, he's going to rake and you know he's going to catch the ball and he's got a cannon for an arm. So, um, I just like Mookie Betts the baseball player.
0: Mookie Betts has been amazing. I was telling Jeremy earlier that I feel like he changed like a lot of the culture too. It's just been like a total like impact on on him, just not on the baseball field but off. Uh, another guy though, you did mention, I think Jeremy mentioned that when you while watching TV, you got to stop what you're doing and start watching Corey Seager, man. This guy is like the sneakiest, um, not that loud, you know, very calm. This is like not a, you know, not saying that Mookie Betts is like that either, but he's a little more swag, I would say. But Corey, Corey Seager, man, we were talking the other day, like, he could be our MVP. Like his numbers are off the charts. So he, uh, we were doing a little uh, one of those where they do give you the player A, player B, player C, what, what numbers are this? And I just happened to look, so I got lucky and Jeremy was going off his chair like, God oh, it's Corey Seeger, you know, three 16 home runs. I mean, how great has he been? Like he's been an a, a impact. I know JT gets a lot of the talk, uh, Mookie, obviously uh, Cody Bell, which, which we forget to talk about too, which is a former MVP. I mean, Corey holds this lineup uh, tremendously well, you would say. Yeah, right? Yeah,
2: definitely. And just, um, I mean from when I joined the Dodgers organization to now like I got a chance to talk to Corey in the offseason when he was uh, dealing with his Tommy John and hip issue or coming off of it and still he was rehabbing here in LA and I just remember like the biggest thing for him is like I'm healthy I actually had an offseason like I actually did some so like last year was his first like real offseason getting back in the swing of things he actually didn't have to worry about healing some injury and I think um I think he just needed a year to, you know, get himself, you know, together and have a plan knowing that he was going to go healthy again into an off season. And, I mean, it is unbelievable what he's doing. And I will say, it's like, he, uh, you know, him and A.J. Pollock, like, you know, they like, right. to, yes. they like to watch video all the time. And A.J. said it, uh, you know, I know I'm talking about Corey, but I'm sure this has helped everybody where they can't – excuse me, they can't go back and look at their at-bats or look at what they were doing. And it's just like, they just have to react and wait till after the game to, to look at it. And maybe that helped them. I don't know. I mean, yeah, maybe. And, you know, AJ Pollock seems to, uh, from what I they've said, you know, on, during the games, during the telecast, that mm-hmm. the fact that he can't look at video, um, maybe he's helping because he's just had to react to what he's seeing. or go. And So, mm-hmm. you know, and, and in a sense, like, technology and all that stuff is great and sometimes like maybe you just got to keep it a little and go back to what you could you know what you did before all that stuff you know so you know i I think he's in a really good place he's healthy he's feeling good and i mean when he gets hot man it's just like he's everything he hits is hard (laughs) i think we saw that from 2.0 um
1: he was just yeah through the season just bam 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 everything was the line drive and I think at first the, the, the hits just weren't amazing. falling, but they started right. falling, and, man, they fell in bunches. And Yeah, and I think it, we
2: finally people were saying, like, oh, save that for the season. Like, he's a big leaguer. Like, he's going to be <laughs> – Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I think we were finally going to see a 30-home run season from him, which is not out of the question at all any season he has. Um, me and Maddie were very excited to see the power coming into play. Uh, yeah. We knew it eventually would. Would you give him the Dodgers MVP this season, or is it going to go somewhere else?
2: I mean, just watching what he's been able to do this year, I would say it could be him. It could also be, I mean, A.J. It could be Will Smith. Oh, yeah, Will Smith. Obviously, you know, Mookie's in that mix, too. But just watching, like, guys that – from where they were at, I mean, you look at Will Smith's numbers, he was hitting the ball hard at everybody, out, you know, and now – those are all starting to fall and his that bats are so much better and you know not that he didn't have a good at-bats before just more of like he's seeing the ball better he's being real selective and um yeah I mean it could go to anybody and AJ's just had an incredible season too um and seeing what he's able to do I think um he could be between those three for me that would take the team MVP
1: I'm liking those choices. AJ's been phenomenal this year. Uh me and Maddie have talked about it many times where you know it, it didn't look good in first year, second year, he looks comfortable at the plate. Um I heard the video yeah, thing too, where fun. it's kind of just fun, yeah. it's just what I'm feeling, right? I'm feeling maybe I'm turning in a little bit too much, pulling out. Let me just fix it myself rather than analyze the video and try to go off of what I'm seeing, more feel, which I like better too. Um before we move on, I just wanted to say Ever since you told me about Zach McKinstry being your Mamba pick last time we talked, I've been waiting for him to come up. I watched him during spring, was very happy with him, wanted to see him up, and to see him come up to the big leagues, get that first knock, which I believe was a double, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Double. Left center. Yeah. And Coors, um,
1: Coors. Yeah, Coors, there it is. I was that nice. Super excited <laughs> for him. I was like, yeah, Coors McKinstry. I felt like I was a part of him now no, because like- he had that Mamba, and now I have a Mamba connection to him. So I want to say thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. Bringing connections. Yeah, definitely. Um, to move on, speaking <laughs> of Mamba, the Los Angeles Lakers are back in the NBA finals for the first time since 2011, Maddie, or 2010? Yeah. 20. Well, well, the finals 2010, since, since, since Kobe. 2010, Kobe. Um, what are your thoughts? What's going to happen? Who do you want to see take on the Los Angeles Lakers?
2: No Lake show. I don't care who it is.
0: that's right that's the right answer that's the
2: right answer just to see this and this is going to be a Lakers year obviously RIP to Kobe but I think I feel like you know that is giving the players a lot of motivation to you know try to try to win it all you know
1: no I agree Um, you know it's funny me and Matt have kind of given Anthony Davis and Mookie Betts kind of the same comparison in the fact that we knew they were really great but then they showed up. We get to watch them on a daily basis. And it's just like, wow, I feel bad that I've missed this for the past yeah. five years. That game um, was
2: nasty. I um, agree. Ugh.
1: Did you like his interview afterwards where you just said, I want the ball. That's the situation I want to be in. I gave Rondo, hey, I was look.
2: That the best part was after he made it, he yelled Kobe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: No, I thought that was part was really cool. Um, in that game, were you kind of surprised to see LeBron trying to take that final shot, or were you thinking in your head, get the ball to AD? Honestly,
2: when I saw it, my initial thought was because I'm a big Jordan fan, um, I have a lot of Jordan shoes, and uh, it felt like a Steve Kerr moment there, if you know what I mean, like,
0: Oh, got it. Got it. Yeah.
2: Everyone knows Jordan's going to take the last shot. All right, let's leave Steve Kerr open and buckets, you know, so or or Paxton, you know, it's kind of like that. Uh, And the way I saw LeBron, I go LeBron's just a decoy right now. Like somebody knows who's making the shot here and it's not going to be LeBron and not that LeBron, you know, I would have confidence in him, you know, but I think it opened up that shot just enough for, for Davis to make it. So
1: um, I think the last part we want to hit you with is a little bit of football. I know you're a Raiders guy. Raiders came off a big win against New Orleans. Congrats. <laughs> and they're playing right now against New England, and it is 0-0 still. I'm waiting to see Cam light them up because he's been very hey, – Hey, easy there. <laughs> it's been really – Why?
0: Cool. Why would you want New England?
1: <laughs> um, I just want to see a comeback season from Cam. That's all I want. I don't care who it's against. This okay. <laughs> I mean, he plays well, but then they lose. Is that better? I'll take it. That's fine with me. Um, (laughs) Me and Matt introduced a new segment in our last show called our NFL Pick'ems, where we take three teams and kind of decide who we think is going to win that week, and we're going to try to keep track. We do a confidence level of three, two, one. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know the games are starting up right now, but if we could get your opinion on them. So one of our games was the Los Angeles Rams at the Buffalo Bills.
0: That was one of them. Uh
1: And we have the Chicago Bears at the Atlanta Falcons. And our last game was Dallas at Seattle. At Seattle. Could you give us your opinions on the three games, who you think will win, and your confidence level?
2: I'm going to go Seattle, number one. Um, number two, I think I'm going to go with Buffalo. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to go with Buffalo. Oh, Buffalo. Okay. And then, uh, the other game was uh, – who was the other game again? Sorry. No problem. The last Atlanta game was and Chicago. Yeah, Atlanta and Chicago. Maybe Atlanta? Maybe? Well, I know Atlanta's been struggling, so. I haven't seen those two teams play. Um, yeah. But from what, I, what I'm what i feeling, I would say probably Atlanta. I could be wrong, though. But the first two for sure I'm going to go with.
1: You feel very confident in those, do you? Um, me and Matt. Uh, You're with Maddie? me on Seattle. Seattle. You're with me yeah, on Seattle. Seattle. I, went,
0: I went one. I said I think they're one, but then the next two – it's I had, I was smelling yeah. upset over there at CenturyLink.
1: I smelled the the Cowboys. <laughs> she, she don't like Russell so, Wilson. They, no, it's not the Russell Wilson thing. It is they came He's off. He's my backup quarterback. You win. don't want him to do well. That too, I don't <laughs> want him to do well. But they're coming <laughs> off a very big high with that comeback against Atlanta, where they're down a million points, came back, <laughs> win it. I just felt that they were going to come in CenturyLink.
0: Fair, fair, fair. As
1: um, who was it? Ugh, I can't remember who it was. Somebody said I think it was Art Kushner who likes to say they're tasting themselves. I think they're yeah. going to go in there tasting themselves and uh, put a put a nice little win up there up in Seattle. Uh, Matthew and I did have the L.A. Rams taking out the Buffalo Bills. Right now it is we did. 7-0 we did. Bills. And, uh, but overall, <laughs> um, we just want to say thank you to you, PD. Yes, thank on. you so much. Uh, oh, of you course. are our baseball guru. You are our Ken Rosenthal. Um, <laughs> you are everything. Bustam me buster only yeah, all, all, all that yeah um don't forget guys uh pd does have his own baseball academy if you want to talk about that really quick pd oh
2: uh, yeah so uh my instagram handle is called montero baseball academy uh, i started that in 2016 uh you know i run it here in the san fernando valley i do help out teams outside of the valley where you know run practices and things like that um obviously with what COVID and all that, um, things have kind of not really, I just got home from Arizona, actually. Uh, I was there working with some players, uh, you know, from the Dodgers that weren't able to go home. So I just got back from there. I'm back in LA and um, we'll see, looking to start some things up here, just, you know, trying to write some protocols in place to make sure everyone's health is, you know, uh, number one priority. But uh, yeah, I, I, should uh if you follow me i'm sure at some point if things get better there might be a flyer for camp there will be some type of individual uh instruction if people need it um but yeah i really enjoy doing that in the off season uh can't get enough of baseball and you know so if people need something i'm i'm here
1: and trust me guys this guy is phenomenal at what he does i had the opportunity to kind of play under him for a week and let me tell you i went from a bronze glove to a Gold Glove in a matter of a week due to Petey yelling at me on the side, in the dugout. So I think no
0: wonder you've improved so much. That's ah, where I, I improved.
1: It was just PD yelling at me <laughs> and telling me exactly what to do. Come on! <laughs> but I, again, Petey, thank you. Oh, and last before well, before we leave, Petey, uh does offer Montero Baseball Camp shirts. So yes, I was going to mention the shirts too. I'm gonna oh, go yeah. ahead and put that on the on the website and everything like we'll that. We'll tag so it so you guys it. can find it. Um, I personally have the red one, and I love it. feels great on my skin, and I'm rocking the hell out of that color. So anybody could do it.
0: Appreciate it. Makes you play well, too, like Jeremy.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, it makes you play a lot better. Your OPS goes up 100 points wearing the shirt, guaranteed. <laughs> but uh, thank you, PD, again for coming on the show. We love having you Thank you, you so much. We appreciate it. Uh, we look forward yeah. to next time we get you on. Hopefully it's when the Dodgers are in the World Series. 20, 20, dominating the playoffs or something like that.
2: I don't know, though, What will be nice is if uh, if the Lakers win and then the Dodgers win and then later on we have a f- double parade in. Denver. Oh, yes! that would be the greatest! Yes! Thing ever.
0: that's like the reintroduction to like regular life again. Yeah, the parade. Yeah. That'd be kind uh,
1: of. I like that idea. That's a great idea, right there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I uh, remember this day. What's gonna happen?
1: <laughs> write it down. Uh, it's gonna happen. But, again, uh, from Matthew and I, thank you for coming on. Thank you. Thank you so and much. And look it. forward to talking to
0: you again really, really soon. Likewise. There you go, everyone. That was our interview today with PD Montero. Thank you so much once again for coming out and joining us on our interview, PD. We appreciate it. As heard on the podcast, uh, Montero Baseball Academy is his Instagram handle. Uh, we'll make sure we go ahead and tag that on Instagram. Uh, Twitter and everything else so you guys can find it. If you can't get enough of baseball just like PD, then that's the man you want to see. So, guys, once again, thank you so much for joining us and listening us to this episode of Going Deep with Matthew and Jeremy. Uh, don't forget you can find us at uh, many platforms, uh, Google, Stitcher, I'm sorry, Google Play, Pandora, uh, iHeart, all those good things. Uh, don't forget to catch every episode. Uh, we'll be seeing you soon, uh, hearing us soon, uh, probably on Wednesday or Thursday for a great episode where we're going to be able to see who's going to be joining the Lakers in the NBA finals. Uh, A couple of rounds of the, our teams will be winning or moving on to the next round in the MLB playoffs. So that'll be exciting. So uh, look forward to that. And as always, much love.